the dust settled onto the floorboards as Dominic lay his head on the cold hardwood. The calm after the storm was the only peace he knew inside the home. The silence that echoed from his parents' bedroom told him that it was time to leave. He ran out the back door, through the garden, and into the woods, where his own private domain remained dormant until his return. As he climbed the ladder into the treehouse his father had built him, birds chirped and leaves rustled in the wind. The beauty of the world presented itself in ways Dominic could only observe as an outsider, indifferent to whether he was there or not. In the treehouse, Dominic noticed one of the leaves on the floor, rustling in a peculiar way. When he lifted it up, he noticed it was covering a small, pink baby animal. It was so small, it could fit into one of his hands. Its skin was translucent, and Dominic could see its veins. He didn't know what this baby animal was, nor did he care. So he put his hand out the treehouse window and let the creature fall to the ground. He poked his head out of the window and watched the little thing crash onto the thick tree roots below. It would surely die, and he felt nothing. One Monday, after elementary school, Dominic's tirelessness brought him into the kitchen. He opened a drawer full of forks and knives. The counter immediately became a battlefield, and the utensils his soldiers as they waged war on the front lines. Forks bent and twisted out of shape as they died their gruesome deaths, and the knives cut and scraped against the counter as they launched their fierce attack. The forks never stood a chance. Just then, Dominic's mother walked in, absolutely appalled at the massacre taking place. She forcefully yanked his arm away from the counter and screamed, What are you doing? She turned him around and immediately started spanking his backside as he screamed in pain. As soon as she let go, Dominic ran up to his room, vowing to never return. But he did return, later that evening, as he heard howling shouts from his father in the kitchen. Dominic watched from a distance, as his father erupted with rage toward his mother. You can't even control your own son! Look at this! He screamed, gesturing toward the scratched up kitchen counter. I'm sorry, she cried. And with one grand motion, Dominic's father raised his hand and brought it down onto Dominic's mother with all his strength. Dominic shut his eyes. He felt fear, anger, shame, and frustration all at once. He retreated deep into his mind to escape this horrid sensation, and thus began the conception of a new entity altogether. Fall turned into winter, and still there was no peace in the house. The same vicious cycle would play over and over, Dominic's mind would wander, and his actions would inevitably anger his mother. His mother's lack of control would consequently anger his father, 
and his father's wrath would send Dominic deep into his own head, away from the madness. Strange feelings began to brew inside Dominic, of which he did not understand or know the significance of. That winter break, without having anyone to be with or anywhere to be, Dominic ran to his treehouse to watch the sun go down, one of the few things that made him feel calm and peaceful in this life. As he sat there and let the magnificent colors wash over him, he heard a faint noise coming from behind him. There, on the floor, was a small bird. A small, wounded bird. It could not fly. It could not go anywhere. All it could do was struggle and cry for help. Dominic picked up the small bird and held it by its wings. He slowly began to pull its wings in opposite directions. The bird chirped louder and louder, but Dominic did not stop. He pulled and pulled until the wings had nowhere to go but off, and the bloody wingless bird fell on the floor, calling one last time for help before its life left its body. Dominic looked at the dead bird and the wings in his hands and thought about what he just did. Part of him knew that killing an animal was wrong, but another part of him really enjoyed it, and he could not deny that the tranquility he felt was better than any sunset he had ever laid eyes on. This sinister little habit continued on through the spring and into the summer. Dominic not only hurt wounded animals, but found ways to catch healthy animals for his amusement. The guilt he felt from the pleasure he felt, led him to commit these acts in secret from the privacy of his treehouse. One afternoon in the garden, the neighbor's cat wandered into Dominic's line of sight. Dominic had never considered killing someone's pet before, but the idea of cutting open an animal that big intrigued Dominic to a point where there was no other option. He slowly took out his slingshot and chose a heavy stone from the ground he aimed for the cat's head, pulled the slingshot back as far as he could, and let it go. The next day, the neighbor came around to ask Dominic's mother if she'd seen the cat. Dominic's mother said no, although she had a strong feeling Dominic had something to do with it. Afterwards, she went to Dominic's treehouse to look for him. Dominic, she cried out, to no response. As soon as she got to the treehouse, the first thing she noticed was the blood on the ladder. Her heart sank deeper and deeper into her stomach as she climbed higher and higher up the ladder. When she finally got to the top, her worst fear came true. Lying on the floor of the treehouse was the dead cat and its entrails scattered across the floor. Dominic's mother let out a yelping cry with her hand over her mouth as fear ran through her body, not only because of what Dominic had done, but also because she would have to tell his father. That night, when Dominic's father came home, he unleashed a fury on Dominic so terrible that Dominic retreated deeper into himself than ever before. This time, he would stay there for a very long time.
As Dominic outgrew his children's clothes and started middle school, things were seemingly good on the outside. The house still knew no peace, but Dominic did his best to exist there. He didn't get into trouble. He did well in school, and most importantly, he didn't let his mind wander. Dominic felt safer at school, away from his father. There, he didn't have to be Dominic. He could be nobody. The only problem was, nobody wanted to be friends with nobody. So Dominic was lonely. He wasn't like the other kids. Nobody understood him. Nobody liked him. A few of the older boys were cruel to Dominic. They called him spiteful names and treated him like their plaything. Dominic began to feel the horrid sensation again and the strange feelings that came with it. Before, Dominic didn't understand the strange feelings, but now he did. At lunch break, the trio saw Dominic in the bathroom. The biggest one approached him and said, Hey, what's that? Pointing closely at the center of Dominic's shirt. Dominic looked down and was immediately met with a smack to the face with the back of the boy's hand. They laughed hysterically at Dominic's misfortune. Before Dominic could do anything, the other two boys grabbed his arms and held him in place. The biggest one wound up and with full force pummeled his fist into Dominic's stomach. All of the air left his body as he fell to the floor and the boys groaned in amazement at the crushing blow. Dominic lay on the cold floor, unable to move. As soon as the wind came back to his body, the feelings of fear, anger, shame and frustration began to fill his chest. Dominic's experience with this sensation urged him not to retreat into his mind, but to bask in its energy. This energy which had sat dormant in Dominic for so long would finally manifest itself through action. The next day, Dominic stepped off the school bus with a new sense of purpose. Today, he wasn't nobody. Today, his life had meaning. As he walked towards the front door, he watched the older boys speed by on their bikes while they laughed obnoxiously about something surely terrible. <laughs> the horrid sensation bubbled inside Dominic as they locked up their bikes without a worry. At recess, Dominic wandered the playground, accompanied by a pair of wire cutters he had taken from the garage earlier that morning made his way over to the bikes, and no one noticed him, because they never did. He reached his tormentor's bikes, took out the wire cutters, and confidently cut the brake line of the shiny black bike. He walked back to the playground, as if he'd never left. The very next day, Dominic came to school and saw the older boys, but this time, the biggest one was not with them. The other two stood there in silence, there was nothing obnoxious about them today. In class, Dominic's teacher explained that a student was in the hospital. He had been hit by a car while riding his bike home from school, and the class was going to make a card for him. When the card came to Dominic, and it was his turn to sign his name, he wrote his name in big letters, bigger than anyone in the rest of the class. As serenity flooded his body, and the horrid sensation went completely away. As he entered high school, 
and Dominic began to grow tiny little hairs on his upper lip and chin. He also grew an infatuation for a girl in his class. Unlike him, she was somebody. Somebody people noticed. Somebody people liked. Thoughts of her filled his mind. For the first time, Dominic wondered what life would be like with someone else. What life would be like with her. At home, things were much more quiet, but the house was not at peace. Dominic's mother and father no longer waged war with each other, but with themselves. Every night, Dominic's father sat in the living room, watching TV. His only companion was a bottle. His mother sat in the kitchen, staring at the floor, with no companion at all. Every night, they sat in silence, thinking the same thought. How did I go so terribly wrong? At school, Dominic's infatuation grew to the point where he could no longer stand being nobody. He wanted to be noticed. He wanted to be liked. By her. One day, Dominic decided to present himself as someone to her. He decided to ask her for a pencil. He walked up to her at the beginning of class and said, Do you have a pencil I can borrow? Taken aback by this simple question, she hesitantly replied, No, sorry. As she said this, Dominic noticed the many pens and pencils in her bag pocket and replied, Oh, thanks, and walked away. Saddened by this short interaction, he went back to his seat, feeling defeated. For the rest of class, strange feelings began to stir inside Dominic as fear and shame slowly turned into anger and frustration. Later in the week, Dominic's mind began to wander. His imagination brought him to the garage, where he was drawn to a bag of rat poison. He didn't know why, but something inside him told him to open the bag. As soon as he did, Dominic developed an unwavering urge to bring some of the poison to school. He wasn't sure what he would use it for, but he knew the answer would come to him in time. In gym class, Dominic sat in the bleachers and watched the other kids play volleyball. Sarah was in his class, and he watched her too. She moved so graciously on the court, in sync with the actions of the game, as she laughed and joked with her friends. She hadn't a care in the world, because she truly enjoyed her life, an experience Dominic never had. Envy and sadness consumed Dominic's heart when he came to this realization because he feared his future would be full of loathing, disappointment, and emptiness, just like his parents. Looking for an escape from the torment, he remembered the rat poison he had taken to school. The reason why he brought it on this day now became clear. Among the water bottles was a brand new, bright pink one with a flower on it. This one belonged to her. Dominic opened the top and quickly emptied the small bag of rat poison into it. As usual, nobody noticed him because nobody cared about him. Later, when the kids took a break for water, Dominic heard a commotion at the other end of the bleachers. Sarah's friends asked her if she was okay, and when she didn't respond, they began to panic. Amidst the panic, the beautiful girl collapsed on her hands and knees and vomited violently onto the floor. She was rushed out of the gym, and for just a moment, 
Dominic's torment belonged to someone else, and he was free. Soon after the incident, it was discovered that Sarah had ingested rat poison, and an investigation was launched. The principal interviewed everyone in the class, including Dominic, but could not conclude who was responsible. Although they could not prove Dominic was the culprit, there was an unspoken, collective suspicion that it was him. From that point forward, people began to notice Dominic. Their feelings toward him were no longer neutral or indifferent, but repulsive and morbidly intrigued. Dominic felt it every day as he walked through the halls and people looked at him with disgust. Eventually, he was pushed so far into the fringes of the community that Dominic felt like even less than nobody. The other students were not mean to him. They did not bully him. There was just a field of energy around him that repelled anyone and everyone. Their silence and distance spoke volumes about their true feelings toward him. No one had to say or do anything for Dominic to feel disliked, and the horrid sensation inside him presented itself once again. Life at home experienced a big change as well. Dominic's mother and father decided to get divorced. Dominic's mother found a new boyfriend almost immediately. He was a terrible man, and for that, Dominic preferred to stay with his father. He too found a new partner, and she made him happy. Dominic's father now laughed and smiled, which he never did before, and the two got married. In addition to a new stepmother, Dominic also gained a stepsister, who was much younger than him. His new family accepted him not because they understood him, but because they had to, for even they were not immune to Dominic's repellent energy. On a lonely Friday night, Dominic found himself awake later than everyone else as he stayed up watching TV. His mind started to wander, and his body eventually followed as he gravitated toward the upstairs hallway. He looked into his father's bedroom and saw his father and stepmother sleeping. His father snored loudly, as if this new life was the only place he belonged. Dominic wondered if he would ever find a place he could belong to. He walked past Emma's room and watched her sleep peacefully in her bed. She was the child that he was not, living comfortably in a home with a mother that loved her and a new father who adored her. Fear and sadness started to course through Dominic's body as he thought about the childhood he never had, the relationships he was unable to make, and the warm, loving family he would never have. In that moment, Dominic wanted not to punish his family for living a life he never would, but to erase everything completely. He went into the garage and grabbed a can of kerosene to bring inside the house. He doused everything in sight with it, the kitchen floor, the living room carpet, the sofa, the staircase, he walked out to the front door, lit a match, and made the house go up in flames. He stood across the street and watched the house become engulfed in fire, feeling waves of satisfaction run through him as the fear and sadness about the life he never had, or never would have, escaped him completely. 
Dominic waited as the fire engines arrived and the firefighters rushed inside to save his family. With tremendous efforts, they pulled out his father, stepmother, and stepsister, who were all horrifically blistered and burned. Dominic's stepmother screamed as the ambulance took away her howling daughter, and his father looked at him in fear. Dominic was brought to the police station, and an investigator asked him, Why did you do it? I don't know, Dominic replied. They could have died in there, said the investigator. Yes, I know, replied Dominic. The man took out a picture of Emma, who had horrific burns all over her hands and face. She'll never have a normal life now because of this, Dominic. Dominic thought earnestly and said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs>